This is Freedom Investor Radio, and I'm John Pearl. It hit me like a freight train when I realized there was a better way. When I discovered that I could take my future into my own hands. When I realized I could invest my way to freedom. This is what I'm working towards. In each episode of Freedom Investor Radio, we will explore the tactics and strategies used by the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. We will learn how you can start investing your way to freedom and take control of your life. Thanks so much for tuning in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Investor Radio. I'm your host, John Pearl, and today I am joined by Jeff Greenberg of Synergetic Investment Group. Jeff, welcome to the show today. Hey, thank you for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So Jeff, I'm going to just pass it over to you. Why don't you tell us what you do now and give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got there? Well, I'm a private equity fund manager where I help people get into quality syndication deals. And the way I got here essentially was I've been a syndicator for the last 12, 13 years now. And I call myself a recovering syndicator because I've done that for a while. I've been the main GP. I've been the do-it-all, everything. Even though I've had teams at different times, I did different partners, I've done every role in the syndication model and the operations and acquisitions of commercial real estate properties. And I've gotten to a point where I found that I enjoy working with investors. I enjoy helping people learn about the business and the advantages of being in commercial real estate. So I've been leaning a lot more towards the equity raising part, helping investors get into quality deals. And so that's where I am now. I'm selling off the last of the properties that I have operational responsibilities on. And I've created a fund where I could help people get into quality deals. Excellent. So calling that an open customizable fund, right? Can you give us a little bit more detail about what that actually looks like? Yeah, my fund is quite a bit different than most funds that you'll find out there. Most funds that you get into, once you get into the fund, usually there's a criteria as far as what the fund is going to buy, what they're going to invest in. And if you decide to go into that, you put your money in, and then you're relying on the fund manager what actually gets in it. So you're, for the most part, going blindly into a fund. It's called a blind fund. Now, there may be one deal, the first deal that you know about, but the rest of the deals, you're in them if you like them or not. The customizable fund is more of a cafeteria style of fund where once you invest in our fund, you will be given other opportunities and you can pick and choose which ones you want to be in. If you don't want to be in a particular type of opportunity or that particular opportunity, you can not be in it. So you get to pick and choose which ones you want. Now, that gives us the great flexibility of being able to bring all different classes and types of investments, some cash flowing, some equity building, 
and people can decide whether or not they want to be in that type of deal, depending on their goals and their priorities. Got it. So say I'm somebody who is used to investing passively in syndications, in standard apartment syndications as a limited partner, passive investor. What is the main difference looking like, say, over the course of a three-year period? Say, and I like what you're saying about the open customizable fund. How is it different than investing in a normal syndication? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, a lot of passive investors have to spend a lot of time finding those deals. So one of the things that we're able to do, we've been in the business for quite some time, so I know a lot of people. And I evaluate a lot of deal sponsors. So the loan passive investor doesn't have to spend a lot of time searching out quality investments. And I get a lot of people asking me, how do you find good investments? How do you find good deal sponsors? And that is a challenge for them because they may or may not know enough about the business to really go out and evaluate deals. So they do have the advantage of looking at our deals that I've already put through my system and determined that I like this deal and I feel this is a deal I'm going to present to my investors. So that's one advantage. The other thing is, is once they come into the portal and they're registered in my fund, once we put up another deal, they can look at the deal and basically they will sign a one-page disclosure document, don't have to read another PPM because the fund will be signing the PPM of the deal. We will be reading over all the legal documents and deciding whether or not we want to be in it. And the investor basically looks at all the disclosures, see, you know, okay, do I really want to go into this deal? Once they decide to, they sign one document And then they will need to bring in additional money because their money is already committed to another deal, but they would bring their money into that deal. Everything would be available to them in one portal. They could look at all of their deals. Their deals can be spread apart uh, across multiple deal classes and types. And at the end of the year, they will get 1K1 from us for all the multiple deals. So they don't have to have five or 10 K1s coming in. They'll get one K1 that we will give them and you know they'll be able to give that to their CPA. But also they can diversify. Maybe they want to be in a highly cash flowing deal, like we've got the Bitcoin mining deal that we're doing, which is high cash flow, no real equity at the end. And then maybe you want to get into a development deal, which is no cash flow up front but high equity at the end, or a multifamily deal that's got both, that's got cash flow and equity. So you can diversify through this type of fund. That's excellent. Really cool about the single K-1 aspect of it that can get really messy when you're dealing with multiple K-1s and keeping track of that. So really like that a lot. So let's say I'm a guy who just uh, received the profits from the sale of a syndication I was in previously. I got 250K that I'm looking to deploy with you. What's the process look like from there? Are you recommending, I guess it's going to depend on each individual investor, but say we wanted to invest in multiple offerings with you over the course of a year or so. Would we put all that money into the account at once 
maybe invest 100K here, see what you're going to do next, or what's the process look like in that regard? Yeah, typically we require a minimum of $50,000, but if you had the 250, that's okay. You can put that in and that would be unallocated. I mean, to be allocated to you, it would be in your basically designated to you. And as opportunities came up, you could go and pick and choose to allocate any pieces of that to the different opportunities. And if you wanted it back, we would be able to ACH it back, as well as the distributions from those investments. And now with those distributions coming back, the same thing, those can be staying in your account, keeping track of what you have available and waiting for the next opportunity. Or if you wanted it back, you could have it ACH back to you, sent back to your bank. But basically, just like you would an E-Trade account, you could have cash sitting there that is waiting for you to designate what to do with it. Great. So you mentioned a 50K minimum investment. Now, is that just to enter the portal into the fund or is that the minimum investment in each opportunity that you have available? So say, going back to the 250K example, say I put the 250K in, can I then, are there then multiple opportunities within the system that may be less than 50K or are they all across the board 50K minimum? No, they would be all be different. We may get something such as say somebody needs a hard money loan and they need a hundred K and they're going to need it for six months. I could go and put it up on the portal, let everybody know. And maybe somebody wants to put 5,000 in, maybe they want to put 10,000 in, maybe they don't want to put anything. In. But if I got 10 people that said, okay, I got 10 K sitting around doing nothing. Let's just throw it in. I'll get it back in six months and let the 10 K grow. So some deals may need less, some may need more, but that's all you know, part of the options. It's very interesting. What about, uh, so we mentioned K-1s a little bit. Is this the same, do you get the same pass-through tax benefits of investing as you would in a normal syndication if you invest in into the fund? Absolutely. Yeah. The depreciation is passed through. And that's one of the things on, on the Bitcoin mining that we're doing, that 90% of the money coming in is going towards purchasing hardware. Hardware is typically on a five-year schedule, but because we still have bonus depreciation, we get to take that entire amount the first year. So 90% of the investment would be able to be depreciated the first year. So 90% of your investment would be able to be written off. That's great. And for those of you listening out there, if you're not familiar with bonus depreciation, it's very powerful. It's a great reason that many wealthy individuals invest in opportunities like this. I'm not going to explain all the benefits. I don't want to give you, I'm not a tax advisor or anything, but extremely powerful, do your own research. So Jeff, one of the things I was really interested in talking to you about today is your operator due diligence process. You've got a lot of experience. You've seen a lot of things in taking place over the years. What does your process look like when you're vetting out potential operators to raise capital for? Well, the main thing is, is I want to get to know them. I want to know who's doing the operations. I want to know, you know, not just their track record, because as we were talking about earlier, the market has been so hot for so long that people could go in with their eyes closed and still do fantastic and get some great returns right now. 
But I do look at the track record. I want to know what the experience of the asset manager is, the people that are the main GPs. The thing is, is that a lot of people go into real estate and saying, okay, yeah, we work real hard to get this property. And then once we get the property, man, we've got it made. Well, once you acquire the property, you've just started. You've just trained for the marathon, and now you've gotten to the starting gate of the marathon. And so I want to know who those runners are. I want to know what experience they have, you know, what their communication style is, what their business plan is. I just want to learn a lot about them before I'll even look at the deal. I got many people bringing me deals and say, wait, I don't even know you. You know, I want to know about you. I want to know your history. I want to know who your operators are. It's just so much more important to know who's doing the operations than anything to do with the deal. Got it. And if somebody, say somebody you've never met before comes up to you and, you know, they have a deal that you find interesting, do you require like previous relationship or anything? Or is it something that you can do your homework? You can get a gauge of who this person is just, you know, over the course of a couple conversations? I need time. I need more time than that. And typically, if someone's got a deal and they say, oh, we got three weeks to get this money in, I said, I don't know you, you know, let's start establishing this relationship and maybe the next deal. But typically, I'll turn them down and say, you know, it might be a great deal, but, you know, unless I know you and unless I know your business, we're not going to go in with you. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Now let's get into market trends a little bit. So a lot of people would say, so I know you're selling, you mentioned you're selling your properties that you have active ownership in at the moment in the effort of becoming more of a passive investor and helping others invest passively. But what are you seeing moving forward right now? A lot of people are scared out there. There's a lot of fear in the marketplace. What's your take on what's going on and you know over the course of the next couple of years? Well, I think the big concern that we're seeing is what's happening with interest rates, because the higher interest rates are going to reduce what people are going to be able to pay. So we're expecting there's going to be some slowdown, some expectation on that. You know, the other thing is, is I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. You know, I mean, we do have inflation. Now, inflation typically is your friend when you're owning properties, because that means you you know, you could typically raise rents. Typically, your rents are going up faster than your expenses are. So it typically is good for us as investors, but the interest rates is the issue. The other thing is, is I don't know, are we going to have a recession? You know, commercial real estate typically does well in certain sectors. And those, you know, multifamily is one of those. Self-storage is one. Mobile home parks is another assisted living. Those are other areas that I do like that seem to hold up pretty well in recessions. little nervous about retail. You never know what's going on the retail end of the commercial real estate. You know, hospitality, you know, that, you know, is a little bit, you know, who knows? So it, it all depends. But there's certain areas that are pretty stable in recession. Student housing, that's another one. Someone was bringing a student housing property to me. It got a hit during COVID, but for the most part, it did very well. Student housing did very well during uh, the 2008 recession. So right. the main thing is, is we're looking you know, with the eye of what could possibly go wrong and what protections is the sponsor putting in place. So I always go into a deal 
looking at why don't I want to be in this deal? I don't go in looking and say why I want to be in the deal because that's easy. That's easy. I could look at their numbers and say, oh, those numbers look great. That's why I want to be in. But then again, I want to go and look and say, okay, what are they doing to protect me? What are they doing to protect my investors? What precautions are they doing? What's the occupancy of the break-even occupancy? What's the loan look like? How much reserves are they going to have? What if they can't raise rents? What if rents are flat? What if rents are going down? How much leeway do they have to protect the deal? And so I go in with that attitude. And as I said earlier, you know, knowing the deal sponsor, I'm going to trust their numbers a lot more, but I'm still going to look over their numbers. Anybody could do anything with numbers. I could make numbers dance on the page. Excel is great. You could do all kinds of things with it. Doesn't mean any of it's factual. So knowing the assumptions and knowing the operator are very important. What would you say is the single most important aspect of a, an operator that you're potentially going to work with? That they're conservative, that they're truly conservative. Everybody will say that they're conservative, but when I see somebody that's got a 95% break-even occupancy on a deal, I'm saying, that doesn't sound real conservative to me. You know, that's something I'm running from. Some that say, you know, that they're 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 underwater in the beginning. You know, I want to know what you've got backing you up. What happens if you can't do what you're projecting? And so, yeah, being very conservative and looking at protecting the downside is the most important thing. And that's why lately I haven't gotten into another multifamily deal for a little while because I haven't found one that I was comfortable with. Got it. So with not having gotten into the multifamily deals recently, what kind of deals have you been liking over the past six months or so? Well, I mean, about six months ago, that's when I got into my last deal, about a 400-unit deal in Houston with an operator I really like. I've worked with her before. She's worked for me or with me as part of my GP team. So I was with her. But the other thing is, as I've mentioned, is we're doing Bitcoin mining where we're actually buying computers that are going to be receiving Bitcoin. And that's basically a, a full cash flow type of thing where there's really not a back end, but you get your money back quickly. And so we're looking at that. I'm you know, still looking at multifamily deals. I'm still looking at self-storage and mobile home parks, but you know, hopefully I'll be finding something soon with some good operators. Right. So Jeff, I see you all over the place. I've been out to events, you know, over the past couple of years, you're everywhere. What part of your success has networking played and why do you continue to network so much and get out and meet people? And what would you recommend for other folks, you know, who are looking to do the same, get out and networking? What kind of, how can they be more strategic about it? Well, you know, your network of people that you know, you know, the cliche, I guess your network is your net worth. In this business, it's more about who you know and who's going to get you connections. My first two deals I got because my broker knew me. I got into those deals, bought them without any other competition, without anybody else, you know, trying to outbid me or whatever, because I had established a relationship with him. All of my deals have had some relationship piece of it. You know, all the money that I've raised has been because of people that I've met since I've been in this business. People talk about friends and family. Well, 
all of my family didn't come into the deals. My friends didn't come into the deals until years after I was established in the business. So networking with people, meeting people, they may be your partners. They may provide you something. You may be able to give them something. Network is the business. One of the things I love about the business is insider trading is encouraged. It's part of the business where in the stock market, that's illegal. You can't insider train. You can't have knowledge that isn't readily available to the public. Well, that is the business that we're in, is finding out information that may not, I may be readily available to the public, but they don't know where to find it. They don't know, you know who has it. So it's finding information, getting information from others, but that's all part of doing business. Yes, 100%. So Jeff, I know you're a humble guy, but what do you do differently? Can you kind of give us a little bit of your secret sauce, why you are so successful and why people should invest with you? Well, the thing is, is I don't have to do deals. I'll do deals because I have my funds that I want to invest. And I would love to bring people alongside of me to invest with me, obviously leveraging my money as well. But I'm not under any pressure to do deals I love working with people. I'm always willing and interested in helping people understand the business. Typically with my investors, I usually try to get back to them within a couple hours at the most. You know, I'm back to an email in 24 hours, but I enjoy that part of it. There's a lot of people that are doing the business that they really want to do the operations. They really are good at that, but investors are kind of somebody you have to put up with in order to do the business. Well, I'm at the opposite end. I don't really care to do the operations. I would much rather work with investors, get them excited about the business and help them grow their wealth alongside of myself. And that makes my life a lot easier. I enjoy what I do. That's great. And so for the folks out there who may be looking to break into the space, You've got a lot of experience. Is there anything you would recommend that you may have wished you would have done differently over the years, knowing what you know now, breaking into the space in the current environment? Well, the main thing that I would have done differently is my first partner was basically at the same level as myself. We actually met at a boot camp. We didn't immediately partner up. We partnered up probably about a year and a half, two years later, and we stayed together for about five years. But we were still. We were going through the same educational programs and we were at the same level. So we were fumbling along together. I typically recommend people find a way to be of value to somebody that is doing what they want to do and learn from them. But you don't go up to somebody and say, hey, can you mentor me or can you teach me this or you can teach me that? You're much better off as how can I help you? How can I be of value to you? Maybe you live in an area that is a good investment area. Maybe you're a doctor and know a lot of high net worth people that are looking for a place to put their money. Whatever it is that you can offer to a deal sponsor to add value, and then they can in return help you learn, give you credibility. The best way to learn is to be doing it alongside of them. You know, even if you're making phone calls for them, or, you know, I used 
tell people licking stamps, but I don't know if people lick stamps anymore. But, you know, just doing anything that you can for somebody that you want to learn from, you know, find the right person that's doing what you want to do and find a way of being of service to them. That's a great way to learn. You know, you learn from their mistakes or from their knowledge. Yeah. I wish I had done that a long time ago. Oh, that's great stuff. So Jeff, the last question that I ask all my guests is it's a piece of advice for, so a little bit of background myself. I work at Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant, just a couple hours up the road from you on the central coast of California, and it's shutting down in 2025. So my mission is to replace my W-2 income with passive income from real estate investments. So what would your one piece of advice be? And you did kind of just touch on this, but for folks who are in my position looking to escape the W-2 world and create a life where there's more control and freedom, what would you offer up for them? Well, in addition to that piece of advice is to get yourself educated. I've had many people come to me and say, hey, can you mentor me? And I'll say, well, look, what have you done for yourself so far? What have you done to educate yourself? And I'll send them out and tell them to go, okay, go read some books, go listen to podcasts, get an understanding of this field so you can kind of get an idea of what direction you want to go. Because, you know, back to what I was recommending as far as finding someone that you can work with is don't walk in as a neophyte and have no background. Show that you are willing to do something, listen to podcasts. All of these hundreds and hundreds of podcasts were not available when I started doing this. There's tons of podcasts. There's great books. Just dive in, educate yourself as much as you can, because that's your best protection. That's also your best way to get into this business. And then you could come to somebody with some value you could create a lot more value if you understand the business. And so that's what I would say is just listen to tons of podcasts, go to meetups, network, meet people, talk to people, talk, talk, talk. If you're an introvert, which I always was, I think I've overcome that over the years, get over it. I tell people, you get over it. You just get educated and have something to talk about, have something that you could ask questions about. Be inquisitive. Just be a sponge. Go to different things. Learn, learn, learn. Talk to people. That's the best thing I could say as far as getting into the business. That's great. Jeff, where can people find you if they wanted to get in touch or reach out to you or follow along with what you're doing? Well, my email is jeff at synergeticig.com. So S-Y-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-I-G.com. You can reach out to me there. If you want to get my questions to ask a deal sponsor, you can get that at sigcre.com slash sponsor. And I've got about a hundred questions that you could be asking deal sponsors before you go and invest as a passive investor. And it also, if you want to be a deal sponsor, those are questions that you should make sure that you can answer if someone comes to you. So either way, you know, they're good questions to think about as far as, you know, moving along your path. Excellent. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Greenberg. Well, thank you very much for having me. I had a lot of fun. All right, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Freedom Investor Radio. 
If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks again for listening.